Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to Fleet Flicker. I'm your host, John Armour, and I know, I know it's probably been probably about an hour ago, maybe not even an hour ago, but we're back. And like I said before, we got a lot of catching up to do as far as uh, stuff going on in the NFL. As I've said most of the time, I try to do the best I can to get you know, information to the best of you as possible. And of course, uh, of course, I have a day off, so there are times where I may take, I may do uh, two or three episodes in one day, just so I can catch up. Of course, with me working late at nights, you know, late nights, uh, and sometimes it's hard for me to come home and I guess come home and actually do uh, do a pa, do an episode. Um, there were a couple of days last week that I did get a chance to do that, and I felt good. I felt, you know, even I went to work, I felt good. Now, the last couple of nights, I've been kind of tired. Figured I'd rest up. And again, with a lot more news coming out, we've got a lot to talk about. And we'll certainly get a chance to talk about a lot of it, at least most of it in this episode. We'll talk about we'll talk about uh, one quarterback signing, one quarterback is off the market, one quarterback returned to his team. There's another quarterback that could be on his way out, not this year, but certainly in 2024. At least those are well. This will be a more quarterback related issue. I guess this episode is more quarterback related. Uh, for those who've been from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please, as I've always said, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your dog, your cat, your fellow co-worker, somebody at a convenience store, whoever you need to invite. Like I said before, we're all family. We're all family and friends here. Please come on in and come on in and listen to the uh, listen to the uh, podcast. Um, for those who are joining for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And again, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your dog, your cat, your fellow co-workers, a uh, random person in the convenience store, maybe somebody in the grocery store, wherever you, wherever you happen to be, please, by all means, come in and listen to the episode. Um, like I said before, we're, we're again, we're here to talk football, and like I said, I enjoy talking football, and, uh, and for those who have any questions whatsoever to ask me, again, I'm only on Facebook, but if you got a question... By all means, you know, by all means, you know, I'll, I'll answer the question. I will certainly take time in any episode whatsoever to answer your questions. I'll take a whole entire, a whole entire episode to answer, to answer your question. But I will do, but I will certainly answer anyone. It can be about anything as far as head coaching, coordinators, uh, NFL draft, um, whatever, whatever the case might be, whatever floats your boat. By all means, please. Please come on in. Please come on in. Please, I'm looking. I'll answer any question I can as best I can for you. Um, heck, if you got a question about the twenty, if you got a twenty twenty three fantasy football year, I'll do the best I can to, to answer that question for you. Anyway, um, if you do not listen to me here on Anchor, I'm on Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, just a, just a few that a few that I that I am on. Um, if you like I said, wherever wherever you happen to be listening at, you'd be on day off, household chores, out running errands, whatever the case might be, by all means, I welcome any I welcome any and everybody to certainly listen, you know, to uh, listen to the episode and you know, sometimes I you know, feedback. I mean I wouldn't mind having feedback. Someone's going someone could be positive. Heck, I'm sure someone's probably negative. But again, I enjoy talking football and I mean uh, sometimes I may talk a mile a minute. But again, there's a lot of thoughts that run through my head, and that's when I sometimes I'm at my best when a lot of ideas are running through my head. Um, but again, 
can't think of anything else. Uh, anything else I need to tell you. One more thing is, I'm, I will certainly, before we start into football, I want to thank uh, those people who are uh, on Facebook. Uh, I got another business or two that reached out to me, and um, and I want to thank them. Thank them for doing so, and um, hopefully they'll get a chance to tell their clientele about my podcast. And uh, certainly, um, certainly, I need to. I certainly need to. Um, Put my businesses, I guess these businesses in my in my podcast, and I will surely have to do that here in future references. Not this episode right now, but I will have to. There's a lot. There's a, there's a few businesses, a lot of small businesses that I need to really kind of reach out to and thank them for um adding me to uh, adding me to their list, and I need to. I certainly need to um do so, and I will. I promise them that I will do so in future episodes. I will reach out and thank them, and maybe you know push you know push a um push some uh, business business in their way if they get a chance to um, look at the uh, you know if, if some of their customers or some of their clientele get a chance to um, listen to this episode and um, people who do get a chance to listen so maybe I can send some business their way um, I guess it's enough of that I've kind of I've kind of bored you let's let's jump right in let's jump right into things the first thing we'll, we'll jump right into as well what just happened as of yesterday uh the New Orleans Saints do have their quarterback. Derek Carr has signed a contract with the uh, with the Saints, and now he'll be riding. He'll be riding into uh, New Orleans, trying to save the franchise and get him back and get him back into the uh, to the playoffs. Now, some people felt this was a not a totally big surprise. I think it got down to maybe the Saints and the Jets, and the Saints won out. Um, I think one of the biggest reasons is I think Dennis Allen, who was a former uh, head football coach. For the Raiders and and again, Allen was the one that drafted helped drafted Derek Carr many years ago. Um, he was the one that gave Derek Carr a starting opportunity, and I think I think basically Derek and Dennis had a just had that solid had a, had a solid kinship to the point I think it's going to, and I think that's what kind of tilted I think Derek in the right direction. Now. And to be honest with you, there is one receiver that's always uh, has uh, already um, getting that Derek Carr is in town. That's Michael Thomas. Uh, I think it was a Twitter feed that he was that I think he came on Twitter and said he was very ecstatic that uh, Derek Carr is now is now with the uh, New Orleans Saints. Again, 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 it's again Derek Carr goes from a very tough AFC West to the NFC South, where it could be. I guess anybody's ball game, right, so to speak. Um, you look at it right now. You look at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has to, is certainly going to have a new quarterback. Tom Brady is not going to. Tom Brady is retired. Uh, again, you know, Tampa Bay is going through is is going through a numbers crunch game. They've got you know they've got to cut some players. Um, already, uh, a Leonard Fournette. There's a rumor that Fournette will be cut. Uh, just read today that Donovan Smith more likely he will be cut. Um, there's um, there's others. I mean, there's others that are coming out there. There's some guys that won't resign with the team, and they'll be going elsewhere. So you know, Tampa Bay's got a, you know have got a crunch, got a crunch of numbers because of, of certainly Tom Brady uh, left a lot on the books for them, and it's it's something they've got to you know try to try to get under under that cap. And to me, uh, it looks like Tampa Bay might be where the Atlanta Falcons were a couple of years ago, where they were in salary cap hell, and they just can't get out of it, and I think that's kind of the situation they're in. That's why you hear rumors about maybe Mike Evans getting traded, Chris Collins a possible trade bait. Um, again, 
again, you figure ten bays window. The window of opportunity is pretty much is pretty much closing. Um, Kyle Trask, as right now, is a starting quarterback, but I don't feel he'll be a starting quarterback as the season begins. We all know. I believe that will. I believe a veteran quarterback will come in and get the job. Now, what again? The window of opportunity is closing. Uh, the biggest name out there may be well, Aaron Rodgers, if he decides to hang around for another year, or does he decide to retire? And if that's, let's say, for the sake of argument, if Aaron Rodgers decides to retire, then you've got, what, Jimmy Garoppolo is about the only one left. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not saying, I wouldn't say Garoppolo and Tampa Bay is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for them, but I don't think Garoppolo goes to them, I think, right now. The consensus is Garoppolo will probably sign with the Raiders with his relationship with Josh McDaniels. Again, you know, Tampa Bay's got a lot of, again, you look at the Panthers. Yes, Frank Reich is a new head football coach, and I think it's going to take Frank maybe a couple of years to get the team where he wants to get it to. Defensively, I think the Panthers are a pretty decent defensive football team. I think the offense is the biggest issue. That's why Frank was brought in to fix the offense. The offensive line, it needs a little bit of work. Again, the running game. I mean, there is no more Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Foreman came in, stepped in, did a fairly good job. And again, I think Foreman is a free agent. Do you bring him back? Do you bring him back? Or do you draft a running back? Do you get a veteran do you go ahead and get a veteran running back that you think that could do more for you than Foreman did? Um, yes, you got DJ Moore, but I'm not really sold on much of the rest of the receiving core. I think Terrence Marshall is okay, but I thought I like Terrence is number three, not number two. I think they could use a tight end. Certainly this year's draft qualifies as probably reaching out and getting a tight end. So again, Quarterback again, that's the situation. And again, I, there was a report that maybe Aaron Rodgers could go to could go to Carolina. I don't see that, but that's that was one report out that was put out there. And again, with Derek Hart now off the market, do they reach out for Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm interested to see the direction that uh Frank Ragadorn will go in. As of right now, I think they may get a young quarterback and just have to ride with, with that young quarterback. I'm not saying they could not get a veteran quarterback. There are a few veteran quarterbacks out there. What about uh, Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett, Frank Reich, they've worked together before. I can see the possibility there. I'm not saying you got, you know, Jacoby Brissett's going to light the world on fire you know, for Carolina, but again, it's a possibility, something to, something to, put, to put out there. Um, yes, I get the Carson Wentz thing. Carson Wentz is a possibility. Again, Wentz... Frank Reich have a relationship going back dating back to the Philadelphia Eagles days. Again, I wouldn't rule that possibility out as well either. So again, there's just you know a couple of names, you know, just some thoughts. And again, you have to look at Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons are still in part of a rebuilding mode. Um, they decided to go with the young quarterback, Desmond Reader. But again, that does not mean that they would still go get a veteran quarterback. Uh, Mariota has been cut, been released. Um, again, the running game was uh, surprisingly played well this past year. Uh, they seem to have found a young running back in Tyler Algier, who seems to be at 1,000 yards. Um, Huntley, who came, Huntley played fairly well for him last year. So it seems like they have a little bit of a, it seems like that running game that seems to be, seems to be starting to uh, step up a little bit. Uh, the offensive line, it can still use a little work here and there. But again, you know, you've got Drake London, you've got Kyle Pitts, You've got something to work with there. Again, the defense is a huge issue that needs to be corrected with, you know, with the Falcons. But again, there, I mean, there is a little bit of, 
there seems to be something going on as far as the offensive side of the ball. Arthur Smith, again, he's run-oriented. You know, coach, he has a couple of quality running backs. I think Algiers a man to certainly lead towards, and he could be one of those sleeper fantasy picks that you might want this coming year. But again, can you know, is, is Desmond the right is the right man to lead Atlanta? You know, into the future for many years to come. Now, I'm not saying that they won't go and get a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, which leads now come to the New Orleans Saints. Now that you've got their answer issue with Derek Carr, Andy Dalton is a free agent. He's pretty much gone. Um, there's a lot of spots Andy can wind up in. We talked about maybe the Panthers, maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is not is not a what they call it a sexy pick, so to speak. But again, you know, but again, Andy, you know, but Andy Dalton. He could, I mean, I'm sure he could hook up with Mike Evans and, you know, Chris Goblin be okay and be, you know, be decent at it. But again, you know, Jameis Winston, he is still on the roster, but I got a feeling Jameis Winston will be cut, will be cut material. Um, again, again, could there be a possibility where the Saints get a young quarterback for the future? I'm sure that possibility probably exists. But again, you've got Derek Carr for a few years now. Again, you've got a decent offensive line if it's healthy. you got Kamara in the backfield, but again, will he serve suspension? That's for um, Roger Goodell to pretty much decide on. He very, may very well do so. Um, does Michael Thomas come back? Do you get him take another cut and pay? Um, or do you cut Michael Thomas outright? Again, if Michael's 100% healthy, and that's something he hasn't been the last few years, he is a talented, a talented player. Again, they got a nice young receiver, Chris Olivier. Leave, excuse me. He's a talented, a talented receiver. Again, they had some young receivers that seemed to step up last year as well. So again, I mean, there is a little bit of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, the Saints have had a, had a good defense the last few years. But again, the Saints are getting like a lot of teams. You only got Derek Carr, but they're going to come. You got the crunch of numbers. Uh, I mean, they, they talked about. It. Cam Jordan may, may be released. We don't know if that's going to be true or not. Cam could be trade bait. You look at Marcus, I'm sure Marcus Lattimore. But to me, with, with getting Derek Carr is, yes, the Saints kind of make their, the Saints right now could be, maybe, maybe the team's beating the division, or maybe they finish second. I think if Tampa could find a, a mediocre quarterback at best, I still think they have enough talent to still win the division. But again, their window of opportunity is, Shall we say there when it was pretty much closing, they still have talent on the team, enough talent to win that division. Yes. But Tampa Bay could very well find itself like the Tennessee Titans are going through right now. It's a time to re, to rebuild. And again, I think Tampa Bay's opportunity may be a little bit better than Tennessee's right now. But again, you never know. But for the Saints, yes, the Saints right now may have the possibility to win that division. I mean, defensively, they may have the best defense. Well, I think maybe the Panthers may have the best defense. I know that sounds strange for me to say, but they may have the best defense, but then the Saints are not that far behind. Something you, you can make it already. The Saints may have the best defense in that division, and that's rightfully so. But you gotta look at you know, you gotta look at the quarterback, and as of right now, the Saints may have the best quarterback in Derek Carr. Now, granted, Derek Carr has had a losing record in his 61 78 in his career, but he's set pretty much most of the Raiders' passing records. But again, the thing is, Derek Carr's had a, you know, 
a losing record. Now, Derek, there was times where Derek didn't have the offensive line. He didn't have the weapons around him. There was times he had a horrible defense. Well, this time around, we'll see if all if all this is is true. He has a much better defense with the Saints than he does with Raiders. Absolutely. Granted, he had Jacobs, took Alvin Kamara. You can, yeah. Again, that could be like a, yeah, that's, again, Kamara, I think, is probably a little bit better than Jacobs, but you got to wonder if Kamara is going to serve the suspension or not. Um, again, you could look at it. Maybe I'd rather have Devontae over Michael Thomas and Chris Levy, absolutely. I'll take Darren Waller over any tight end that the Saints have. But, you know, but, yeah, but Chris, Chris Levy, I'll take him over Hunter Renfro right now. So, again, you can kind of make a argument. I think maybe the Saints might be, not going to say the Saints, maybe the overall depth, maybe the, well, I would have said the Raiders, but you think about overall depth, maybe the Saints, the Saints may have better overall depth than the Raiders. I think the tight end, again, I'm not really sold on the Saints tight ends. I can see, again, draft full of quality tight ends. Or, you know, I don't know. You have to wonder, did, did they go out and get a guy like Dalton Schultz? But again, the Saints are in that, on that you know, they've got to uh, find ways to uh, get on the cap. But they did, they they reached out. They got Derek Carr. And again, Derek was either going to be the Saints or the Jets. And you have to look at it. If you look at it right now, the Saints are probably built right now to win more so than the Jets are. The Jets defensively, their defense has made tremendous strides and improvement. And yes, the offensive line is not bad when it's healthy. Again, the running game, if Brace Hall is healthy, he's a nice young running back to have. I like Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore's not bad. But again, Carr had to think Carr. I don't know if it's a money issue. I think Carr's looking to win like right here and right now. And maybe he feels the Saints give him a much better chance than the Jets. And of course his relationship with Dennis Allen, I'm sure, play a huge, a huge part in that. But for the Saints, they made it, they got the step in the right direction. They got the quarterback. Yeah, they got the quarterback they they desired, and they needed a quarterback. And right now, Derek Carr is the best quarterback in that division, and that might give the same might tilt the division favor into the, yeah towards the Saints unless yeah, and unless Garoppolo let's say goes to maybe Tampa Bay. Maybe I'll give Tampa Bay the edge, but again, for right now, the Saints right now, just because of Derek Carr, actually has a chance to actually win this um, win this division. But we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see how, the, how this all how this all goes out. But at least Michael Thomas is a big fan of this signing. But you have to wonder is Michael Thomas going to be the team of the team once the season begins? That might be a a question. That maybe it might be a huge question question mark right there but Derek Carr we'll see if we'll, we'll see we'll see if Derek Carr can refine himself again he had a bad year last year he had a hard time maybe understanding Joshua Daniels system again he didn't have Renfro a lot he didn't have Darren Wall a lot last year he had Devontae Adams and him and Devontae they seem to play well together but again a lot of people feel the Raiders done wrong when they send him home for the final two games of the season and that was pretty much the writing on the wall for Josh Daniels. We'll see what I'm, I'm interested to see what Josh is going to do with his quarterback situation. Does Jared Stillman come back? Does he, you know, recent? Does he sign a contract? Because he certainly knows the system. My feeling is the Raiders are doing the best they can to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. And 
But again, the Raiders' defense is the biggest issue with them, unless their defense, you know, turns turns does a three sixty. Again, the Raiders to me right now are the team that's will finish last in that division. Where's Jared Slim? Where's you gonna get Jimmy Garoppolo? It doesn't matter. I mean, you can like Kenny Stabler could come back from yeah, can come back from beyond the grave, and I don't think it really I don't think it really matters. The defense is a huge issue for the Raiders, but for the Saints, they're more, certainly more balanced team. The Raiders, Derek went to a little better, a much better situation. He doesn't he doesn't need to go against. Patrick Mahomes twice a year, Justin Herbert twice a year, nor Russell Wilson twice a year. Now that's right now to go against Kyle Trask. Uh, don't know about the Panthers. And you know, with Desmond Reader, yeah. Let me see, that's that's kind of, you that you kinda of going from what is the outhouse to the penthouse, so to speak. Well the penthouse, yeah, the penthouse belongs to those quarterbacks in the NFC West. And the outhouse is what you're dealing with right now. So to me, he's in a much better situation. I'm sure Derek probably doesn't feel doesn't feel threatened at the least unless Kyle, Kyle Trask does a a Tom Brady a great Tom Brady impersonation and goes out there and plays like Tom Brady did a couple of years ago. Um, unless the Panthers find a, a quarterback that's the next um, next Cam Newton and um, unless they draft like Richardson from uh, Florida and he turns up to be Cam Newton 2.0, then maybe we got you know maybe you've got something there. And as far as um, uh, and as far as the Panthers, as far as the um, Falcons go, unless this guy turns out to be the next Michael Vick or maybe Matt Ryan, then. But for right now, Carr made the right decision. He went to the, he went to the team. I'm sure Elias do it didn't sound, but he went to a team that certainly has a chance to win their division and certainly get into the playoffs. Now again, you have to wonder. Look at the head. Can the Philadelphia Eagles? Rebound from the Super Bowl loss, they're gonna lose a lot of people, a lot of players to free agency. Yes, Dallas is still a contender, but you have to wonder. Yeah, you have to wonder. They're gonna lose some players. They'll lose possibly Zeke. Can they get the number two receiver they're looking for? Again, yeah. Can Detroit continue to improve? Can Minnesota? Can Minnesota win the division? In, yeah, NFC North again. The 49ers, will they still be there? Can Seattle continue to be? continue to improve and grow but again it's interesting it's, it's, it's very interesting to see um, again can the Rams bounce back again the Rams are the Rams are thinking about trading Ramsey they've already cut you know cut Bobby Wagner so moving forward we'll see what the, if the Rams can if Sean McClain the Rams can bounce back but for right now hey, who knows the Saints might have a an interesting chance when I'm not getting get they may have a chance certainly to get into the playoffs, maybe want to get a playoff game or two if you're lucky. And who knows, maybe Saints get to the NFC Championship game. Might be a stretch, but again, there's a lot of teams out there in the NFC that has a lot of um, decisions to make, and their teams are not going to be as solid as they were last year. But for Derek Carr, I, it's, it appears to be a good move for him, and I'm sure, I'm sure, like I said, there's a very good chance he wins the division because he is simply the best quarterback Right now, in that in that in that division, let me say the AFC West. He may be the worst quarterback. You can make an argument maybe Russell Wilson might be worse, but again, I think Russell might is, is a little bit better than Derek Carr. But again, we'll see what Derek we'll see what Derek Carr can bring to the Saints. I mean, Derek Carr, you can make the argument that Derek Carr is a losing record, but you have to wonder. You have to wonder was it 
just Derek Carr or was it the talent that was around him all, all those all those years that made it made it impossible for him to win. And we talked about this one's gonna be a quarterback driven episode. And again, since we're talking about quarterbacks, let's stay in the NFC NFC and let's talk about another gentleman that had resigned has resigned a contract that is Geno Smith. Geno is gonna to return to the um the Saints, I believe he got a three-year deal, more like 105 million or something like that. I think the first year he gets 50 some million dollar contract, a contract that's almost Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers worthy. But that's somehow that's how they how they broke it broke it down. Now, again, this was not a huge surprise to me or a lot or any NFL expert. Geno had a career year, you know, with with the with. Seattle Seahawks, and again, he wanted to come back Player of the Year award, and he seemed to seem to excel under under you know Pete Carroll and company. And again, the Saints, the Saints are a team that is on the upswing. A lot of experts feel that the uh, the uh, Seattle Seahawks may be the team to watch in NFC this year. And again, you look at this way: Geno Geno's returns. But again, the biggest issue can't Geno have another year like he had this past year. If he can do anything like he did this past year, then the money is well worth spent. Again, the offensive line, which was a, a detriment for them for many years, is actually starting to be starting to be halfway decent. Again, Seattle had a pretty had, Seattle had a solid draft last year. Now can Pete Carroll and John Schneider follow up on that this year? And again, they've got a high draft pick, courtesy of the Russell Wilson deal. And of course, a lot of people speculate they could wind up with maybe a Will Anderson. There was speculation at one point in time they could get a drafted young quarterback if they didn't resign Geno Smith. I think that goes out the window. However, they do have Drew Locke, but I have to wonder how much confidence does the brass have in Drew Locke. I mean, I would be totally shocked if they went out and like late, maybe like late in the draft, got a young quarterback. But again, the offensive line has improved now. They're still looking to maybe add an interior lineman. They've got a couple of tackles that they can build on for the next several years. They're looking for some interior line help. Their center, he retired. So I think the interior line help, the interior line is going to have to be worked on a little bit. Now, you have a nice young running back in Kenny Walker. There's reports they may try to go and get a veteran running back to be the number two running back because they like to have two running backs. And that's fine, but to me, if you got a guy like Kenny Walker, you need to make him more of a focal point than this veteran that you're going to get. I can see, to me, Kenny's a guy that needs to run the ball maybe 15 to maybe 20 times a game. And I can see you bring another guy in for maybe six, seven carries to spell Walker. To spell Walker. But you need to make Kenny Walker your focal point for what I saw of him this past season. You need to make him the focal point. Yes, you still got Metcalf. Yes, you still got Lockett. You have a decent set of tight ends, but you need that number three receiver. And that's, again, do they go ahead and draft another receiver? Do they go ahead and get a free agent receiver? Again, maybe you bring a guy like Kenny Holiday in, and maybe you can convince him to come to Seattle. Let him be your number three receiver if he can stay healthy. Do you go out and gamble on a Jarvis Landry if you think you can convince him to come to town? I mean, my guess, my guess is they'll probably go ahead and draft yet another receiver. They haven't found that third receiver, that consistent third receiver. And the defense, the defense is the defense has got a couple of pieces on it, pieces, but there's going to be more pieces that have to add to that puzzle. Again, 
Everybody says Will Anderson could be a Seattle Seahawk. And again, they can use his pass rushing ability, certainly without a doubt. But with Geno, there's reports that uh, the uh, was the uh, Seattle's quarterback coach went up, went to become the new offensive coordinator for the, you know, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a lot of people thought maybe Geno would jump ship. Uh, a lot of experts felt that that was not going to be the case. I didn't feel it was going to be the case because Geno, Geno, Seattle was loyal to Geno, and again, Geno, you know. Geno proved uh, to be the shocker this past year. I mean, when people thought when Russell Wilson got traded, people thought, well, what is, what is Seattle thinking? Because all they got was Geno Smith and Drew Locke. And heck, there was a point, there was a point in camp where that Drew Locke might have won, could have won the job and beat out Geno Smith. But again, Drew had COVID. Uh, Geno took over, and he never, yeah, and he never, he never lost every camp on. And Geno, Geno actually beat Russell Wilson. The first week of the yeah first week of the season so for you know for Gino this was this is this is a no brainer um, you know Gino was drafted by what the New York the New York Jets he floundered the Jets he went to what the Chargers the Giants and then he ended up in Seattle backing up thing backing up the last two or three years um, he was kind of um, Russell Wilson's backup but now but now you know Gino. All the hard work was paid off. He had a good year. In one good year, yeah, yeah, he paid he paid handsomely. That's kind of like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones in the final year of his five-year deal. Daniel Jones knocked out the puck. It took him one year. You know, to get he had that one year last year was his best year of his career. Again, there are players that can do that. They can flounder and then have that one career year where they make lots of money. Or for Gino Smith, the pressure's on Gino because if you look you, again, you look at it, Seattle, they're probably a little better than the Cardinals right now. As far as Rams, they may be better than the Rams because of because they got you know they've got to cut you know they've got to, you know cut make some cuts in their budget. Again, the one team, the 49ers, may be the only team that could probably give them the legitimate run for the money. Again, now that quarterback situation. Um, you know, Brock Purdy is supposed to have surgery this coming Friday. He's probably not going to be ready by week one. So that means the ball's in Trey Lance's court. Trey Lance has got to come out and he's got to, you know, he's going to have to be lights out. If Trey does not play lights out football, Brock is not ready by a certain point. Then again, I'm assuming 49ers will add a veteran quarterback. Who that would be, I don't know. There's one speculation that they would maybe add Sam Donald. I know that sounds crazy, sounds weird. But again, people feel that Sam Donald could fit, you know, Kyle Shanahan's system. But again, you know, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that works. Another weird possibility is, I know this sounds crazy, it's going to sound stupid as it sounds, but what about Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan, Kyle Shanahan again. I mean, Matt, that's if Matt comes back, comes back to Indianapolis. Um, there's reports that could stand a chance that Matt can stay with Indianapolis, but what about what about if any, any cuts Matt Ryan? Could Matt Ryan go back and work with Kyle Shanahan? There's that veteran quarterback presence that you're talking about. Again, I'll throw it. You know, I'll I'll throw that out there. But for Gino, Gino did the right thing. To me, you know, see, you know, again, Seattle took a chance on him, and it paid off in the long run. I guess it did pay off. And again, Gino, maybe Gino felt obligated to resign the. Uh, 
Seattle. But Gino did the right did the right thing. And again, Seattle has a chance to be a I'm not gonna say gonna be a surprise team in the in the NF in the NFC this last year, yes. This year I don't think they're not gonna catch anybody sleeping. But for Gino, you know, for Gino, the pressure is certainly on him to produce. Now he's got the big contract and he's gotta produce. He's got he's got weapons around him to produce with. He's got a decent offensive line to work with. So the pressure's on Gino to step up. He got he's getting, he's getting paid he's getting paid you know starter money. He's getting paid very good money. So now Gino's got to step up and Gino's got to has got to show the world that you know that Seattle spent the money wisely. And again, the question mark is can Gino have another good year in him? I, you know, some experts feel that maybe he can continue to ride that wave. Some feel that maybe Gino had that one good year and that's and that's it. And I'm interested to see how this works out. But again, he has weapons. Do I think he can? Uh, I don't know if Gino can have the year that he had this past year. I mean, I think Gino can still put up okay numbers, but I just don't think he's going to blow people out the water like he did last year. I think his numbers will slip a little bit. I think that. Um, I think that Pete Carroll will go back to what he's done best is run the football and try to play some defense. I think that's what Gino, but again, it's kind of hard to, to do it that route when you got guys like Metcalf and you got Lockett. And I think that's where that's that's a hard issue when you've got talented receivers. Um, if you to me, if you get one more decent receiver, then you know Seattle's you know, when Gino can play like he did this past year, Seattle's offense might be a very interesting dynamic for the league this year. But for Gino, it's not a surprise they re they resigned with Seattle, because let's be honest with you, I don't I don't know if he can go anywhere else and produce like he did with Seattle last year. Uh you know, some people say maybe Tampa Bay because because of the uh, quarterback's coach, new offensive coordinator. Again, that would be kind of kind of suspect. Well you know, but again, we'll see how that how that goes and um We'll see how that goes, you know, due time, but for yeah, but for Seattle, pressure's on Gino now. He's got the money. Man has got man has got to produce. He has to go out, maybe win the division, or get him back into the playoffs as a wild card team. And he's gonna have to win probably maybe a wild card game for me for people to sit back and say, you know what? That setting wasn't bad after all. But now the ball's in Gino's court. He got the money. Now let's see now let's see if Gino can, can deliver again this year. Now once again, as I said, we're pretty much in a quarterback type episode. Now, let's talk about, we'll stay in the NFC yet again. Let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings and let's talk about Kirk Cousins. Now, the rumors is, the rumors are, this will be the final year that Kirk Cousins will be put on the franchise tag. He'll get paid, what, about 35, 36, some million this year. Now, now they're saying that he will not be franchise tagged next year, so this is this is Kurt's final year with Minnesota. There's speculation that Minnesota will draft a quarterback in this year's draft, and he may very well be the future of the Minnesota of the Minnesota Vikings. Now Minnesota, they're again like everybody else. You're that, you know, you're cutting people. Uh, yeah, I mean you've already cut you cut a uh, pretty good linebacker, you know, Eric Hendricks. Just cutting yesterday. I'm sure there's more cuts to become. There's been rumors that Adam Thielen may be able to get cut. So Minnesota's like everybody else. You're in that 
you're crunching, you're cutting, you're cutting players, you're cutting this player, you're cutting that player. Now, this could be Kirk Cousins finally in. As we talk about maybe trading Dalvin Cook or asking Dalvin Cook to take, take a pay cut. Again, certainly at one point in time, Justin Jefferson, their star receiver, he's going to want, he's going to want, you know, Tyreek Hill like money. And for the first two years in this league, he certainly deserves that. But you have to wonder with Minnesota. Minnesota's, I don't see Minnesota trading up. If they're looking ahead, I don't see Minnesota trading up. Yeah, to get to get one of those top top quarterbacks, at least top four. I don't see it. So I'm sure Minnesota can do the due diligence. They're gonna try to find a quarterback in this year's in this year's draft. Now, again, now with Kurt, Kurt has not. Kurt has had a pretty. You know, Kurt has played well for Minnesota. He had, you know, I mean, he got into, he's gotten into the playoffs. He's, he has won a playoff game, but again, he has not gotten to the NFC Championship game, and he's not gotten a Super Bowl. But I think Kurt, you know, but and whether Kurt can finally do that, that remains to be seen. Again, again, Minnesota has a decent offensive line. It's not, I, I mean, you know, it's not Dallas Cowboys in its heyday, but it's a decent offensive line. You still got Dalvin Cook. That's if you keep him out. You got the best receiver in the game at Justin Jefferson. But Adam Thielen would think about cutting him. Again, with this team, you don't know. You really don't know. Again, the defense was horrible last year. That's when Elway Allen got Brian Flores to be the new defensive defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator. Now, the question mark is. Is can yeah can Brian turn things around? I think Minnesota will be more aggressive this season, but I don't know if they will turn things around in the snap of a finger, and that's a tall order to ask from for uh, Brian Flores. But you have to ask you have to ask where is you know again like I said Minnesota's got to do the due diligence in this year's draft to get a a quarterback for the future. Now I'm not saying for the first for their first pick they're gonna take they're gonna. Go in that direction. I doubt Versus. I think they're gonna work on the defense side of the ball, maybe for the first couple rounds, maybe. And then maybe, you know, maybe fourth or fifth round, maybe look at a maybe look at a, a quarter, you know, a quarterback. But again you have to wonder what quarterback will be there that's gonna fit the the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings, you know, mold. And again, I don't know, I don't know. What quarterback is going to is going to fit their mold, but they won't get a chance to draft the top at least four quarterbacks. So I'm interested to see where this where this is going to where this is going to lead Minnesota. Now Minnesota still has a chance to probably repeat as NFC North champions. Maybe I mean as of right now the offense pretty much stays intact as of right now, but the defense needs to be worked on. Detroit, Detroit. Had a winning record last year. And again, their offense played well. But their defense, how much can their defense improve? Can they do a 360? But again, Chicago. Again, Chicago got holes everywhere. And Green Bay, I get it. You don't know if Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Is it Green Bay going to keep him around? Did they get rid of Jordan Love? Did they trade Aaron Rodgers? Did Jordan Love stays around? Hopefully all those questions will be answered here sooner rather than later. But for Minnesota, it appears that they are, they are looking towards the future that Kirk Cousins, they've already stated he probably will not be back in 2024. 
So Kurt's got Kurt's got a lot of pressure on him to to um, take as Minnesota as far as he can take him. He got to take Minnesota to the NFC Championship game. Maybe somehow, some way, some shape, some form, finds a way to get to the Super Bowl. Not saying Kirk Cousins has to win a Super Bowl, but if you can get Minnesota there, that'd be big. But like I said, unless the defense makes a you know three hundred sixty degree turn and ends up playing like the uh, eighty five Bears defense, yeah, then we're really on to something. But for um, Kirk Cousins, we'll see. But again, I'm very interested to see who who are they look who are they looking at who they feel. Is going to be is going to you know is going to be the um, quarterback of their immediate future. They had one they thought a couple of years ago in Kellen Mond from Texas A and M. They thought he was going to be they they liked they liked his athleticism. They liked you know what he brought to the table. But unfortunately, that didn't work out. So I have to wonder as far as that goes. They'll probably sign. They probably will, they're probably going to sign a veteran backup quarterback to back up to back up Kirk Cousins and then just. Draft the young, draft the quarterback, you know, for the future. But for Kirk, yeah, my thing is, if if, you, if you're gonna if they're gonna go out, you might as well go out with a bang, right? And again, again, it's not saying the whole Minnesota team. Minnesota had a good year last year. They had a bad defense and still won with 13 games with a bad defense. So can you imagine if they had a halfway decent defense, what they could have really done? But but I'm interested to see what Kirk Cousins does in his final year in Minnesota. And the next question to ask for me is this. Yes, you have the big Justin Jefferson, but here's another thing you got to think about. If Kirk leaves town, then you'll have a young quarterback that's going to have to develop some chemistry with Justin Jefferson. And could that be in that, you know, and how much and how much you think that dynamic's going to work? You know, Justin and the young quarterback, they're going to have, who knows, it may take them a year a year to get everything in sync, and then again, you know, some young quarterbacks can't get in sync with any with any receiver. So I'm interested to see how that's going to work out with Justin Jefferson once Kirk Cousins is finally gone in 2024. Can Justin Jefferson connect with his young quarterback? And I think that's going to be a that's going to be a huge situation that the Minnesota Vikings has to um, consider and. And, you know, and think about and think about moving moving forward. But for Kurt, this is it. This is it, my man. This is the uh, this is your final stop in Minnesota. Now, I'm not saying that Kurt won't hook up with another team next season. Kurt has had Kurt has played well for Minnesota. Kurt will probably. I'm interested to see where he'll wind up in 2024. I'm sure somebody will take a chance a chance on him. Who I don't know, but for. Uh, but for uh, Minnesota, we'll see. What, we'll see if Kirk can um, deliver. We'll see if Kirk can get him back into the playoffs. Can he win a playoff game or two? Can he get this some championship game? And my gosh, if you got Minnesota to the Super Bowl, then Kirk, who knows? Maybe Minnesota changes their philosophy. Maybe they maybe they try to bring bring Kirk back for some type of extension. But it appears to be his final year in Minnesota. So this is your final year in Minnesota. You give everything you got. You fly off the seat of your pants, and let's see. Let's let's see where it goes. Now, have you heard about this this latest one? And this is not about. This is actually not about quarterbacks. This is about Matt Patricia. 
the uh, former defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, went to Detroit Lions as their head football coach, didn't do well, went back to um, went back to New England, ended up being a, it was the offensive coordinator last year. He kind of bombed at that. And now the rumors on the rumor out there that is Matt is a a free agent. And now there's one team that's looking that's looking at his services, and that is the defending a team that actually defending NFC champion, the Philadelphia Eagles. They want to bring Matt in as a linebackers coach and put him back on the defensive side of the ball. Now for Philadelphia for Philadelphia this would be a this would be a smart move on Philadelphia's part. And granted they had to go ahead and get a a young Denver, they got a new defensive coordinator, young defensive coordinator, first year. Now, I can see they brought in a veteran like Matt Patricia to come in and help the young and help guide this uh, young man. And I'm sure Matt could give the young man a few pointers. But again, it, it makes it interesting. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think if Matt, I don't know if the young man would feel threatened by Matt Patricia if Philadelphia was to go ahead and and, and to get him and bring him in. And Matt has had certain success as a defensive coordinator under Bill Belichick's learning tree in you know in New England. He had some pretty good defenses. So it's not that Matt Matt certainly knows what he's doing on the defense side of the ball. Maybe not the offensive side of the ball, but he knows what he's doing on the defense side of the ball. When I read the article, I thought that's kind of an interesting fit. To me, I'm kind of surprised they didn't reach out to Matt before this and maybe have Matt be the defensive coordinator for um for them. Then I would have said that would have been an interesting fit. Now for the yeah, you know, for the Eagles moving forward, here becomes an issue because they they've got some free agency, free agency um, guys who are free agents. Some of those guys actually are going to be, yeah, I mean Braver is gone is probably going to leave the team. Uh, is it uh, Johnson? There's a possibility they might lose him. Harger, they might lose him. So they're going to lose. They're going to lose a few. A few players, um, maybe Brandon Graham. Again, they're gonna lose some few players on the defensive side of the ball. So their defense will probably take a, a slight step back this year. They're gonna take a step back. Now, offensively, I don't think they'll take any. Again, they need to find a number one running back. But other than that, the offense won't take that much. Won't. Well, uh, I don't think they'll take that much of a step back. But defensively, yes, the defense will take a step. Will take a step back this year. But I do like the. But the Matt Patricia thing kind of got me thinking. I was kind of wondering, why didn't they have Matt Patricia as a new um, defensive coordinator? Now, some people felt that maybe the defensive backs coach was going to be the um, new uh, new defensive coordinator, and there were some guys on the defensive side of the ball that were um, on board with the idea, but unfortunately they went outside the organization um, for a guy that had some experience. But again, with Matt Patricia... I was, I was thinking Matt Patricia's linebackers coach. Um, I think it would be a it would be a bad move for the uh, for the Eagles. Um, like I said, Matt's been a successful defense coordinator in this league. Um, you like to have as many veterans, you know, you know, coaches on your on you know on your on your roster on your team. I mean, if you look at it, that's pretty much what the Carolina Panthers did. And Frank Reich did. He had a lot of veterans to his team and there's certainly nothing wrong with having having a um, veteran or like a veteran or two to your team again the Panthers they had a whole bunch of they added like I said they've added a um, a lot of um, a lot of veteran head coaches 
So I'm interested to see again. It's like I was talking about one time. A big banjo who helped out the Eagles during the Super Bowl. Maybe Ed and Vic as the uh, possible defensive coordinator if if Graham hadn't got the hadn't got the job with the Cardinals. But again, Pat Patricia, I like it. I like the Pat Patricia move. If 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 the Eagles were that serious, I mean, he could certainly help the young the young uh, defensive coordinator. Certainly give him some corners, some tips. And again, there's nothing wrong with having a veteran. You know, the veteran coach around. And that Patricia, yeah, he's had success on the defensive side of the ball. So I think it's it would be it'd be a nice move for Philadelphia to actually make that move if 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 the rumors are true. But you know, but again, moving forward, I'm interested to see what this team can do. But again, there's nothing there's nothing like like I said there's nothing like that nothing like that. you know they. Um, veteran presence on your coaches that Matt Patricia certainly fits that mold and I'm interested to see if if that is true. But again, like I said, Matt again it was Bill Belichick kind of maybe kind of ruined Matt Patricia. He put him on the offensive side of the ball. He figured well anybody can go to the offensive side of the ball and make this offense fairly you know fairly decent. Unfortunately Matt Patricia can never do that. Him and Joe Judge, they could not do that. And for Belichick, to me he kind of should have known should have known better than that. A guy that has been to, you know, a guy that has won all the Super Bowls, you figure he would know better and use better judgment. But again, he might ruin Matt Patricia. Then again, you know, I'm sure the Detroit Lions didn't do anything favors by up. Yeah. And again, you know, Bill took him back, took him back in, brought him back in with open arms, and he was able to um, step back in. But again, with the all again, he put him on the offense side of the ball, and he kind of hurt, you know, Matt Patricia's reputation in his league. Matt had a solid reputation in his league as a defensive, defensive minded coach, and that's pretty much where he should have been. But again, now he's back again. It appears that he could be heading out of town. He could be going, he could be, you know, could be going to Philadelphia. Um, one possibility is I can see, I'm surprised that Mike Brable hasn't, hasn't reached out to him. And offered him a job, you know, yeah, as maybe you know, being that little New England, New England hookup. Uh, maybe I'm surprised Ryan's hasn't reached out to him as a possible, uh, you know, as a possible um, job. I mean, um, I'm surprised there's a lot of teams in this league haven't reached out. Now there's a free agent. I'm surprised a lot more teams haven't reached out other than Philadelphia. But again, who knows? In a way, it kind of seems like. Mm, it seems like Belichick might have ruined the uh, young man, the uh, man's reputation by what he did last year. I put him on the offensive side of the ball instead of leaving him on the defensive side of the ball. I don't care if he'd been a defense assistant, made him a linebacker's coach like Philadelphia when he made him. Whatever he could have done, keep him on the defensive side of the ball. That is not Christian Forte. He's had success there. Let him, you know, let him do it. Let him stay there. You know, let, him, let, him, let him be what he's good at. But again, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that he didn't do him any favors by putting him on the offensive side of the ball and doing his rotation. But for Philadelphia, I think it'd be a nice move to uh, put him as a linebacker's coach. And certainly he can work his magic on the linebackers to get linebacking core of Philadelphia. It could use a little work, maybe a free agent pickup, maybe. I'm sure with a draft pick, I'm sure it's a possibility that Philadelphia's going to go. But for but for Matt Patricia, certainly I hope he does go to Philadelphia. I'm sure Nick Sarami will probably 
appreciate his services, maybe more so than the old bottle coach himself, Bill Belichick. To the very last, um, the very last segment, we'll bring up we'll bring up one more subject, and then we'll go we'll go back to the uh, quarterbacks. And you know, Mike McCartney gets kind of black, kind of blasted, has been blasted by a lot of NFL experts, a lot of executives for the mismanagement clock, and now he's going to be the offensive court. I guess he's not say he's the offensive coordinator, not Ryan Schottenheimer, but. There was an article that came out recently. Now, we all know that Jerry Jones appears to be a big fan of Max Dugan, the quarterback from um, TCU, a gentleman that led the team to a national championship game, only to get blown up by um, by Georgia. Now, it, it appears that Jerry Jones has a, a follower in Mike McCartney now, as he seems to be a big fan, a big fan now of Max, of Max Dugan as well. Now, to me... As far as I know, a lot of um, analysts or experts or general managers, whatever the case is, do not see what everybody else, they don't see what, a lot of people don't see Max Dugan, what Jerry Jones, what Mike McCartney does. You ever watch, you ever watch wrestling? I've been wrestling fan many years. There's a former manager, the late, great Bobby Heenan. And if, if you wrestling fans knew who Bobby Heenan was, he was a uh, great manager, managed the, managed in the AWA under Vern Gagne, and I believe the uh, and he managed Mick Bachwick, who was the AWA world champ for many many years. And Bobby did great work with the AWA. He went to the, the uh, WWE, worked for Vince, continued great work, managed a lot of great great stars. Then he went to WCW. And of course, Bobby years later had throat cancer, and he passed away. I believe a couple, I believe it was like a couple of years ago. But Bobby was quick witted on the mic, very he cut very good promos, but he was quick witted, quick witted. And when I listened to Jerry Jones and Mike McCartney, there's the kind of an old saying that there's an old Bobby Heenan saying that came up: the one 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 person lies and the other one swears by it. Have, have, you, have you ever heard of that one? Well, Bobby was quick. When I look up, when I look at Jerry Jones and Mike McCarvey, when they both seem to be big Mike, uh, Max Dugan fans, it for some reason, it just reminded me of that saying. Because Jerry Jones seemed to be a big fan of Max Dugan, and he figures he wants to draft Max Dugan. Now, to me, I'm sure Jerry could probably get Max, like, yeah, like very last pick of the draft for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure he could get that. I don't think there's a lot of experts or a lot of analysts feel that maybe that that uh, Max Dugan is going to be a, is going to be a world beer. I mean, I can remember the last time Jerry Jones got giddy giddy on a quarterback, and that was what Johnny Manziel and his son and a lot of scouts stepped in and said, "No, you need to take Zach Martin." Well, look how that turned out. Zach Martin is a pro bowler for many many years, and what is Johnny Manziel doing? Yeah, so now. I'm not going to say Max Dugan is Johnny Manziel by any stretch of the imagination. He is not. But again, but again, I don't see, you know, to me, I don't know if Max will, I mean, now Max may surprise us all. Max can get drafted, let's say, by Dallas. I'm assuming they need a backup quarterback. I mean, do they feel that Max could back up Dak Prescott? Now, again, I don't know if he can back Max up. I don't think he can back Dak up. I think they'd go ahead and get a veteran backup quarterback, and there are a few lingering out there that you could probably go get that would be okay. But 
But the funny thing is when I heard this story about they were thinking about when I heard that Mike is a big fan of um of Max Newton as well, it's kinda like what is Jerry it's like you kinda wonder what is Jerry Jones and Mike 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 McCarty see and Max Newton that a lot of other experts don't just don't see. But you know, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. And I certainly did it. There are experts out there that um, see something in players other people don't see in players. Now, for Max Dugan, and I've seen Max Dugan play. Max is not bad. He's not a bad player, but he's not. I don't think he's the. He certainly doesn't mean the prototypical quarterback. I mean, he's again, again, Jerry. I don't think he's ever been the greatest talent evaluator role in college quarterbacks. Now again, now again, he might have ended up. Maybe he gets the proverbial home run. With Dak Prescott, even though Dak did not play well last year, but that might have been one chance that he got. Now Mike, Mike hit a home run when he had Aaron Rodgers for all those years, so I'll give him that. He might know more about quarterbacks than maybe Jerry Jones, but to me, maybe the situation where he wants to bring up the balls. Yeah, I like Max Dugan. I think he's a going to be a future, a, you know, he's a future fixture in Dallas for many, many years to come. But again, again, this kind of makes me. Wonder like Jerry, I've always said Jerry's not the greatest evaluating talent. You know, talent. He does not evaluate talent that well. And I think for me that is Jerry's that is Jerry's uh, biggest issue. For many many years, we always know that uh, was it was it Jerry Jones or was it Jimmy Johnson? Jimmy Johnson was one that was the greatest was a great tag evaluator. He got rid of Herschel Walker and he got all those draft picks. And all those draft picks that have turned to being pretty solid players for a lot of Super Bowl runs for the Dallas Cowboys. And once, once Jimmy, once Jimmy left, Jerry went into a tailspin. Barry Switzer came in. Yes, Barry did win a Super Bowl, but he won with Jimmy's players. And then after Jimmy, after that faded out, Jerry struggled for many, many years. He could not evaluate talent. Parcells comes in. Parcells gives him a little bit of a revival a little bit. But again, that faded out again. So Jerry's never had a great track record of maybe evaluating talent. Now Jerry, to me, I think it's Jerry's scouts that do a much better job than Jerry Jones does. Now, to me, but again, when when Mike McCarthy comes in and says, yeah, that maybe Jerry's right, Max Dugan could be a have a future here, you know, future with Dallas, it kind of makes me wonder. I kind of give Mike a little more credit as far as evaluating talent more than I do Jerry Jones because at a quarterback position, he had Aaron Rodgers for many, many years, so he knows what a quarterback, a quality quarterback is in this league. And Jerry, Jerry got, now Jerry, now granted I'll say this, Jerry got lucky with Dak, and he did get lucky with Tony Romo. I'll give him the Tony Romo one. He might have got lucky with Tony Romo, but then again, but then again, it was Bill Parcells. You know, but again, it was Bill Parcells that found Tony Romo, not Jerry Jones. So I'd have to give Parcells, I'd have to give Parcells the Tony Romo credit. So again, if you think about it, Dak's the only guy that he's really might have been a home run on. And even then, one of the scouts had to, had to reach out and say, well, Jerry, this Dak guy in Mississippi State, he's been a little too shabby. Maybe we need to draft him. And again, you know, Dak proved, yeah, Dak proved everybody wrong. A lot of people that probably should probably feel a bracket league of football team or anything like that. But Dak proved everybody wrong. 
But again, Jerry comes in and says, well, I think Max Newton could be a good quarterback in this league. It makes me wonder. It kind of makes me feel bad, sad for Max Newton because of Jerry Jones or even Mike McCartney think that you are a solid, a solid quarterback. And I kind of feel sorry for the guy. That's all we have time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Please take care of yourselves, and I will see you again very soon.